special guest tonight, guys, um, is, uh, is, is one of the top golf coaches in the country. Uh, his name is Michael Cunningham, AKA Doc Blade. And so if you, if you haven't had a chance to see Doc Blade, he, he's got some awesome, awesome information um, out on Facebook. Uh, he's got 30 years of teaching experience with elite and uh, in some of the top junior players. Uh, he's a lead golf instructor at Sugar Creek. And you know, for those of you that don't know, Sugar Creek is one of those courses uh, in Atlanta that's really up and coming. Um, and you got Richard Degree, who's the GM uh, down in Atlanta. And um, Mike uh, is also a US Kids certified coach, uh, director of uh, Golf Your Way System. Uh, he's doing some big things, studied under the legendary Jim, Jimmy Woods, okay? Not sure, not sure if y'all know who Jimmy Woods is, but um, he studied under Jimmy Woods. Uh, you, know, you know, one of the big things that, that, that Mike is, uh, is all about is, you know, making sure that you trust the process. So what we're going to do, you guys, is we're going to give it up for our guest tonight um, on the Black Junior Golf Podcast. Let's give it up for Doc. Blade. What's going on, Doc? All right, Doc, you there? You got to unmute your mic, Doc. You got to start your video and you got to unmute your mic. <laughs> there we go. Okay, we got your video and then we need to, you need to um, take your mic off, Doc. Can you hear me now? Yes. So welcome, welcome to the podcast, Doc Blade. What's up, bro? Welcome up. What's up, baby? What's going on? Busy day today. Busy day. <laughs> lesson to you from morning to evening. I know, man. You've been busy. I've been, I've been, I've been following your posts, and I know you've been having a lot of the kids out there at Sugar Creek, and you're, you're doing some awesome things, man. I wanted you to come on the show and just uh, talk to us a little bit about, you know, the state of junior golf, and I uh, got a couple questions I want to ask you. But man, just just kind of talk to us a little bit about, you know, Doc, how you got started. I know it's been 30 years or so, but man, talk to us a little bit about how you got started in the game of golf. Wow, well, I got started the old-fashioned way. My um my pops took me, you know, all of us, he introduced us to it in Cincinnati and Avon Woods. He would just take us to the driving range and everything all the time, right? And it was a private club, McAtee, old Jack Grout was the pro. You know, Jack Grout was Jack Nicholas coach, right? Oh, wow. So um, I started off caddying, you know, right there for me. And the thing about it, I could play the – I mean, I could caddy at the course, but I couldn't play the course. So you're talking about somebody who used to climb the fence and play hole five, six, and seven, and yeah. then, you know, run off the course, you know? And um, so that's what I did. I got into golf the old-fashioned way through caddying and seeing the old people around and the old UGA members, man, like Jimmy Woods, man. You know, Jimmy Woods still got – Course is named after him in the Midwest, man. He still holds records left-handed and right-handed, man. This guy was amazing, man. Um, put it like this, when Jack and all those guys was in town, man, they wouldn't mess with Jimmy, man, because Jimmy was – he was dangerous, man. You know, he could, he could golf his ball. You know, he would play a right-handed and then say, let's play um, back left-handed, you know, for your money back. And a lot of people didn't know he kept a left-handed set in the clubhouse, man. Wow. You know, and he – go out there and shoot 70 left-handed and the 63 right-handed, you know. So um, I got into it that way. My father got us into it. All of us, you know, introduced us into it. And then I followed, you know, um, just wanted to be around the people and I wanted to be teaching it. So when I started teaching it, I started, you know, I was in the Marine Corps, 
you know, I was volunteering and um, started the YMCA, started from the grassroots. Um, American Golf, where it all really started when I started making an income from it, you know. Um, you're talking about putting carts away, trying to do lessons, cutting grass, planting flowers, putting mulch out, you know, the whole nine yards, you know. And I, I went the PGA route at first, right? Right. But back then, back then it wasn't no um, access for the for 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 African Americans, you know. Wow. So what I did, man, I, you know, I, I stuck a sign on top of a door, man, and mm -hmm. built it one customer at a time, you know, wow. because um. It just wasn't access for us, you know, the PGA route. Thank God it is now. But back then, man, you know, you got PGA and man, you didn't get nothing. You know what I'm saying? You didn't get nothing, man. It was, it was we were blackballed, man. Wow. You know, it was it was a tough route, extremely tough route, you know. Whereas now I see that the routes are opening back up. They have a college route for them, you know, it's got a lot of different avenues and everything, but we still have to be vigilant out there, okay. We still have to be vigilant and make sure that we um, recognizing the people before us, man, like James Black, man. I used to sit up there with James Black hour after hour after hour after hour, man, just watching them hit balls, man. You know what I'm saying? Little John, man, you know what I'm saying? Watching them hit balls and stuff, you know. I moved to Florida just so I could be under Calvin Pete, bro. That's wow. how much I fell in love with this game, you know? Wow. <laughs> yeah. Hey, what, part, what, part of, what part of Florida was that, Doc? Jacksonville. Jacksonville? Yep. Nice. Nice. Yep. Well, uh, OP, Orange Park, but a lot of people didn't know where Orange Park were, so we say Jacksonville, you know what I'm saying? But it, now more people know where Orange Park is. Well, good, man. Good, man. You got some great history um, with, within you. Man, I know you've seen a lot. You've learned a lot. And, uh, man, I guess, you know, the thing that I wanted to ask you, I wanted to have, I had a couple of questions for you. And, and then what I'm going to do okay. um, is I'm, I'm going to open it up in about uh, 15, 20 minutes for some Q&A. We got a lot of junior parents on tonight. And um, of course, you know, this podcast is gonna go out uh, to about seven, eight different platforms. And uh, so I wanted to ask you, uh, Doc, as you see the juniors coming up uh, right now, I know you're seeing some special juniors out there. Uh, what are some of the things that, that, that you're uh, teaching your juniors right now in terms of what it's gonna take to go to that next level? Wow, great question. You know, this is something that a lot of times that um, us as a people, we don't recognize what it's going to take to get to the next level. Mm -hmm. And one thing I like to say, you know what, it's the parent-child connection. And if you don't have the parent-child connection, you got to have a strong parent figure in that relationship, okay? Because let me tell you right now, the... um it's the best way to say this. When you see other communities that are successful, mm -hmm. that parent is putting a lot of time into that child. Wow. He's giving up, he or she is giving up a lot of their own personal growth mm -hmm. to make sure that child is growing, okay? You know, to make sure that child can hit balls, to make sure that child can get to the tournaments, can make sure, you know, you know I may not be able to get this pair of shoes, but I know what, my child is going to have this, new pair of golf shoes or he may need a seven iron because he grown out of the set we just bought six months ago you know what i'm saying so it takes a lot of parent child connection to make this happen um time on task time on task and most of the time on task people think it's the player but it's the it's the parent also we need the parent to be involved and if the parent's not involved we need a strong mentor that's going to step in there and be like that parent right 
and, and, that, and that's and that's key. That's key what you're talking about, Doc. So, Doc, let me ask you this. When you, when, it, when it comes to uh, the kids, you know, the parents is, you know, we're giving up a lot of time. Um, and I know you see, you know, uh, you know, I know you see a lot of mistakes that a lot of the parents make, um, you know, with with, you know, with their kids. What are some of the what are some of the the the, the, the mistakes that you see some parents make uh, when it as it relates to junior golf with their kids? Two things that I could really notice that I see all the time mm-hmm. and I talk to my parents about, and that's one thing that we have to do that the coach has to have a, um, a good relationship with the parent to be able to tell them I was having a lesson last week and the child was doing re- really good. Right. So I went down there, you know, just to stand back and watch them, watch them hit balls, you know, yes. just to check them out, you know, cause I want to make sure that they getting on his own and I, the father didn't know it, but I picked up on the father trying to give the child some alternative tips, <laughs> you know, some alternative tips. And the child got so frustrated, you know, so make sure that we make it that we're on the same page as the coach. Right. Yeah. And that's all you have to do is just have a, you know, talk with the coach and say, look, when I'm out here practice with my child, make sure the parent is given the same type language, whatever it is that the parent and child and the coach are all on the same page. All right. The second thing is realistic expectations, okay? Yeah. We all think we have the best, most athletic, most gifted child in the world. The reality is we don't, okay? You know, but 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 talent can be um superseded by hard work, by time on task, okay? So we can get you there, you know, long as a child has the enthusiasm, we can get you there, but don't think that if your child is not achieving the goals they that you think they're supposed to be achieving, that it's the coach's fault. You know what I'm saying? A lot of times we live in through our children, yeah. you know, but we got to see if that's what the child really wants to do, you know? So uh, make sure that we have realistic expectations and also make sure that you're using the same language that the coach is using when you're out there by yourself, because we do spend a lot of time with our children, take them to the golf course, walk them behind them, take them to tournaments, take them to practice on the putting green, on the driving range with them, and just make sure that we're using the same language. Awesome, awesome. Now, now, Doc, you know, with, with golf, golf can be a, a very expensive sport. Um, yes. What, what are some of the what, what are some suggestions that you would have for the junior parents tonight to 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 make sure that you know, you know, of course, golf, golf is expensive and you don't want it to necessarily break the bank. But what are some tips that you would give um, our parents tonight in terms of, you know, how to navigate through, uh, you know, coaching, through, you know, how to navigate through uh, playing tournaments, how to navigate through purchasing clubs? You know, what are some of the what are some different suggestions you would give the parents on the podcast tonight? OK, what I would do, I would form a network, but I would make sure that I'm involved with first certain programs like youth on the course that way you have access to the golf course okay you know so make sure that your parents are out there that um that you get involved with youth on the course and you can go online and check it out and you'll see this course is maybe a course like five minutes from you that you didn't even know you know uh, i know in south carolina they got them in buford and charlotte and all over the place you know um even down in hilton head you know, they have it, you know, um, and every city has it, you know, and it's only $5 to get your child out there. Now, here's the deal, though. Hook up with your local county. There's courses like here in Atlanta. 
we have access to courses. We have access to uh, the manufacturers, right? Bridgestone, Mizuno, and things like that, all right? So what we're doing, we, we formed a relationship with them where we just picked up um, six bags of clubs, you know, that my good buddy, Nairi, you know, called us up and said, hey, you know, for first team, he said, hey, we're, we're getting all new clubs over here. Wow. So, hey, we, we're going to help you guys out, right? So we picked up six bags of Nike clubs, you know what I'm saying, from driver down to wedges with the bags, you know what I'm saying? So so there's access out there. Um, so the parents need to make sure they stand in touch with the proper people. And a closed fist don't receive nothing, and the closed mouth stays unfed, okay? So <laughs> humble yourself and let people know you need a little help out there because it can get expensive. And um, access is our biggest issue. Access is our biggest issue, you know, in golf for us as a people is just having the ability to do these things, you know, um, hook up with a golf course. Um, if you're a little bit older in the junior age, um, you can get with a golf course. Like what we have, when I'm out there coaching, I'll get my younger adults, um, younger adults, you know, juniors, they're 14, 15 years old. I'll get them to help volunteer when I'm working with my, um, with my young juniors, my peewees, you know, mm -hmm. well, guess what that does? it gives them access to practice. It gives them access to play. Okay. Right. So that alleviates another financial burden on that family right there. They volunteer an hour that day. You know, they may come out and wash the cart, you know, hang out with the cart guys and stuff, but it gives them access, you know, and um, there are programs out there. Make sure if you want your child to be on a tournament schedule to find out who's sponsoring that tournament and reach out to them and ask them how many exemptions do they have, you know, and a lot of times they'll say, Hey, we have, six exemptions we may not have zero exemptions but there's people out there that's promoting people we're trying to raise money every year and what we do we'll say hey you know we're going to have six kids playing these tournaments you know so just make sure you're reaching out and asking about it don't be afraid to ask ask about the programs that's out there that's exactly right doc appreciate you sharing that information and so doc, what, what are some of the things that you teach uh the juniors as it relates to um the mental part of golf. You know, golf is a, it, it can be a mean sport, uh, can be a, at, at times, a, a frustrating sport. Uh, what, what would you say with some, some of the key tips that you teach the juniors, um, you know, how to stay mentally focused, how to stay mentally tough? Because okay, again, it can be tough, you can get, you can be upset. Um, so what are some of the, the tips that you share with your juniors? Okay, what I do, I do positive reinforcement. Um, anybody who's seen my videos when I work with my children, work with my juniors, I always do positive reinforcement. What I do, I want all my students to start a journal. And I recommend it to all the parents out there, start a positive golf journal. Okay. And the only thing that goes in that positive golf journal is positive things, okay? So after practice session, whatever your coach worked with you on, just jot down two or three positive things, What's going to happen is you're going to build your ground zero swing, okay? Mm. You're going to look back and you're going to notice there's certain things you keep on doing positive, right? All right, here's the key. Now, this is something that's a sea change in thinking, but you know what? I'm going to share this with you. I'm going to share this with everybody, all right? This okay. is so important because I don't want no parent to go down the rabbit hole of mechanical instruction where they keep on looking for the golden grail of the golf swing. Once you build your golf swing, you don't lose that skill set, okay? What we lose is the ability to tap into that skill set. 
That's what we don't work on. That's that mental that we're that that Roy talking about right there. That mental, the ability to tap into that, and the re, the way we tap into that is by building a solid pre-shot routine. Okay, work on your breathing techniques. Play one hole at a time, one shot at a time, and let it go. Once that shot is gone, that shot is gone. Take a deep breath, go back to your pre-shot routine, and get back over the ball and focus on what you have in front of you at that moment, at that time. But that's a skill set that needs to be worked on, worked on. And you work on that every time you out practicing, every time you out golfing. Do not micromanage your swing. Every time you hit a ball, don't say, was my grip right? Was my swing right? Was my pressure right? Was my, you know, did I get to the top of the swing? Did I release? You know, did I use, you know, alpha torque or negative torque? Don't macro manage your swing. Sometimes we just had a bad swing. Let it go. Okay? Let it go. All right. And Doc, let me ask you this. We, we're going we're gonna to open up the lines in just a few minutes. Um, what are some of, who are some of your favorite players on the, on the PGA tour? I only have one um, Tiger Woods. <laughs> that's, that's good. That's good. Yeah. I have one, one favorite player, you know, and I have other ones that I like looking at, right. but I have one, I have one, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to this, you know, I share this with a lot of people, but, um, I only watch golf when Tiger playing. Okay, <laughs> right. He'll be, yeah. he'll be he'll be playing in a couple of weeks. <laughs> right. If, if Tiger if Tiger's not playing, man, I won't I, I won't even turn it on. But I will turn on the LPGA. Right. I like watching right. the LPGA. Okay, the yeah. LPGA has a more realistic golf game. You know, yeah. they really do. You can learn a lot from them. I recommend recommend that my students watch a lot of LPGA golf because of their rhythm, tempo, and timing. You mm-hmm. know, and um, they'll see a, a more realistic golf right there, you know. Beautiful, beautiful. And what are some of your favorite courses um, across the country, Doc? Pinehurst, um, Spyglass, um, Pine Valley. Wow, the Robert Trent Jones, the whole trail. I love the Robert Trent Jones whole trail. That's in Alabama, uh, right? Yeah, down through oh, Alabama. Right. Yep. Um, Pebble. You know, um, I like courses like that, um, but I, I really like the U.S. Open courses also. Not the U.S. Open courses, but the Open courses. I like mm-hmm. link-style link course on you know, golf. A lot of people don't think it's pretty golf because of the courses, you know, yeah. but I like that kind of golf where you got to, you know, bump your ball in there. You got to, right. you know, flight your balls and you got to, you know, use your imagination. I like courses that force your imagination. Beautiful, beautiful. All right. And so, uh, so Doc, what we're going to do at this time, man, we're going to open it up for some Q&A. You got a couple minutes to take some questions? Yes, I do. All right, good. All right, y'all. Uh, for those of you that are part of the live podcast tonight, um, let's uh, open up the lines uh, for some questions for Doc Blade, uh, you know, ultimate teacher, U.S. Kids cert- certified. Uh, any questions for Doc Blade tonight? Uh, Mr. Doc. Um, my son is uh, uh, through U.S. Kids and PGA also, Junior Lee. Um, have you had kids or go- young golfers that started at age, say, five and went all the way to 18 and went out on a U.S. Kids golf scholarship, or do they all sponsor that, or can you give me more insight on that? 
Yeah, well, here's the deal with that. Um, that's another great question. I love these questions like this, all right? The way it happens, and it's, and it's really strange, okay, is that I have kids right now playing at Prairie View, playing at other college, okay, that started off in the U.S. Kids program and everything, right? But what happened, the way they got to the next level to play really high competitive golf was they had to get involved with the state-sanctioned golf um, bodies, okay? That's who's going to give you the points and uh, um, the recognition to go ahead and um, – why is this not working? Hold on. Let me plug this in. Give me one second. Okay. There you go. That's what's going to give you the, the recognition and the points to play in the next level of golf. So make sure that you involved in your state sanctioned events, okay? Because that's going to be the ones that that that's going to have the powers that be that's going to allow you to get in there and um, get those points and be able to play on the next level and for colleges and everything to look at you. The um, U.S. kids and first tee and everything, places like that, they're great avenues to get you going in golf and everything. U.S. kids, they got tournaments all the way. Actually, people don't even know. U.S. kids even got daggone golf tournaments for 18 to 21-year-olds that a lot of people didn't even know about that. But they actually have golf tournaments for that, you know, and they're very tough tournaments. You have more U.S. kids golf playing PGA golf and LPGA golf than any other organization. You know, that's how competitive it is. But make sure they're being involved with the tournaments, not just involved with U.S. kids. Make sure they're being involved with the U.S. kids golf tournaments in the international organization, okay? All right. That's a good question. Good question. Thank you, sir. Uh, next, you question, up. next question for Doc Blade. Anybody, got, anybody else got any questions for Doc? Hey, how's it going? I have a question. How you doing? Hey, Doc. Um, my name's Kevin Cox. I'm pretty new to the group, I'm new to the golf world here. I have a five-year-old daughter. She's pretty much head first into golf. Everything is golf at this point. And I want to be able to balance. I don't want to be able to burn her out, but she's to the point where everything she wants to do is golf. So how do you manage that and have that fine line between having fun with it and not going overboard because at this point she wants to go every day and I don't want to be that guy that's like every day you got to be out here because at this point it's just for her to have fun right and oh. at this, I just want to make sure that she's not I need advice as far as how to manage her not overdoing it if that's if that makes any sense oh, yeah that's another great question here's what we what I do I let the child be determining the factor, okay? Um, if that child wants to get out there and go every day and hit balls or putt and chip and things like that, and you got the time for it to happen, then let it happen. I have, like, I got a couple kids, they out there every single day. They parents stop what they're doing and, you know, and tell them, hey, let's go. You know, then I have the other kids that's grabbing the parent and say, hey, dad, can you drop me off? You know, you don't even have to stay with me. So I let, the, I let the child be the determining factor, okay? And as long as that child, and I, you know, this is something that you know a lot of people don't understand. Let the fun factor be your metric, the fun factor. If that child is having fun and they smile and they laughing, let them keep doing it. Don't interrupt it, okay? At the same token, if that day come when they say, 
I don't want to practice. I don't want to do it this day. Just remember all those days when they did want to and just let it go, okay? It's going to balance out. It really is. Okay. Perfect. Thank you. That's perfect advice. I mean, because right now, if I say no, she's going to cry on my lap. So every day I'm out there like, come on, let's go. So. Yeah, let it, let it happen. And a little bit of prodigy, you know, let it happen. Perfect. You know. Thank you. Hey, Kevin. You're welcome. I just want to, I want to say, um, I, when I had, when I had, uh, when I, when John started out at three, um, he, what, what we did was we did a balance of two sports. You know, he played uh, basketball for six months and then he did golf for six months. And as he got older, we started doing golf for nine months and basketball for three months in the cold, you know, in, in the winter. And then it, it kind of slowly phased out where, you know, he's just doing mostly golf now. So, yeah, you know, and I would suggest, you know, maybe maybe have another sport, you know, in there and, you know, have a good balance of, of maybe two or three sports and then let, let the, you know, let the chips fall where they may, you know. And so that's what I would say about that, Kev. All right. All right. Any other questions for Doc? So, Blake, you know? Okay, go ahead, Kevin. I don't know. Okay. Uh, How you doing? Corey? You on, Corey? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wanted to just make a kind of a comment that responds to that a little bit. Okay. Um, yeah. I, 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 don't, I, don't, I don't know if it's because of the position I'm in, but I don't even know how to find the balance between fun anymore for Camden because he's experienced winning and he's experienced high-level golf, and that's what he wants to do. He wants to win. So at this point, it's, I don't even know if he can go out and play a round of golf that's just a fun round of golf. It's business for him when he steps on that golf course. And so I don't even know what the balance is at this point, to be honest with you. Because you can say, go and let him have fun at this golf tournament. Let him swing. Let him do it. You know, let him just go and have fun. But then if he's, you know, he wants to perform. That's where he is in his, his development. And so I don't know what is that balance for a seven-year-old who takes golf you know, and when I say seriously, I mean, clearly he plays as a kid. He goes outside and do all of, you know, everything that another kid does. But when he's on the golf course, I mean, he's not trying to go out there and just <laughs> just have kid fun. It's just not in his DNA. So I don't even know how to balance that. Right. Yeah, that's that, that's that's good. That's good comment. I think we lost Doc Blade. He'll probably get back on in a second. But yeah, Corey, you, you're exactly right, man. You know, that's uh, oh, he, he may be trying to get back in now. But yeah, that's, uh, you know, Cam is, you know, you know, I think, Corey, we all know Cam is special. Uh, he's going to do something great in the game of golf. And, um, you know, like you said, when he's out there, he he's out there to, to win. He's out there to totally dominate. And uh, that's a that's a special kid uh, right there, man. Uh, he's doing some great things out there. So in, in the and, and so I guess even when I say that, I mean, and it's not even so much for just Dr. Blade. It's kind of a question for some of, you know, Maurice and, and Mark who have kids who play at a high level. Right. These kids have developed and, you know, they're competing at the highest level as a teenager. Mm -hmm. um, how, how did y'all balance that? Okay. Mark, uh, Maurice, y'all want to take, take that question? I mean, I mean like with me is – I kind of like what Doc said, like, I believe everything will level out. Like, if you got a kid that want to play and you got the time, you let them play as much as they want. You don't – if you got the time, you will burn out. I'm telling you, all y'all, I'm telling you, you're going to burn out before your kid burns out. If your kid burns out, they're not good. They never was good enough. That's just facts. You will get tired of taking them to practice before they get tired of practicing. 
My son has been playing golf almost every day since he was four years old. And I, I tell him every day, I said, man, I'm like driving Miss Daisy, bro. I can't wait till he can drive. <laughs> like, I can't wait. Like, it's, it's like on my calendar. Man, one day he's going to be able to take himself to practice. Like, I'm tired of it. I'll be honest. But sometimes I'm motivated. But these time, this time of the year, I'm like off-season mode. Like, I don't want to fuck with golf right now. But I still got to take him. So, I mean, he's 14. I've been doing this since he was – we've been playing tournament golf since he was five. You know what I'm saying? So, I've been doing this almost 10 years. And if you got a daughter that want to play every day, man, especially with the girls, man, because – if you got a girl that's good, it's easier than it is if it's, you got a boy that's good. So you got to feed that girl. Because oh. girls, I still don't know if my son's good enough yet. But at at 12, if you got a dog girl, you know. Oh, she going, you know where she going to school. You know she can do what she want to do. At 12 or 13, it takes a little bit longer for boys because it's too competitive. Mm. So, I mean... I think y'all all doing it right. My little friend, she be out there. I see her on, on the gram every day. She 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 balling. Of course, Cam balling. So I mean, y'all ain't doing that wrong, man. Just let them play golf, man. It's gonna be they having fun. That's what y'all gotta understand. This shit is fun to them. Fuck they want to do. Kids don't play no more. <laughs> what they gonna do? Go play horseshoes or some shit? Dominoes? Yeah. They want to play. Let them play. Get as much as you can before she loses interest. Yeah, I, I echo the same. With, I echo the same thing with Mark, man. It's it's when you've got that special kid and they've got that fire and desire, you got to feed it, man. I mean, they could be doing so many other different things, but uh, we know when the golf club gets you, man, it got you. Uh, and there's a lot more opportunity. You can play this game the rest of your life, and you can build relationships and all that. So if if, if when he was out there and he wants to play, man, let him play. Uh, I encourage Kendall, uh, but also uh, challenge Kendall to uh, play at, at a higher level against other competition, even even for practice. I mean, you can't always be the best person out there because iron, uh, iron shoppers iron. So you've got to find that person. You've got to find that person uh, that they can challenge themselves and not always be the best one out there because that's the only way they're going to grow. All right. Thank you, Maurice, for that. And then we got, of course, we got Jamie on. Jamie was a, a top junior, top collegiate player. Uh, Jamie, any advice for uh, for balance? You know, you know, be having that balanced life as a junior golfer. Um, you know, I would just say I agree with what everyone said in regards to just having fun. But I had a conversation. Before, so it's funny we're having this this talk uh, with someone who was talking about wanting to get a coach to put their players in the right tournament, um, especially if they've not played uh, tournament golf. And what I said was the key to me that I've learned late years later, <laughs> finished playing junior golf, is that you know if you want to get your child to a, a level where they're being recognized nationally and, and scouted out, they one need to get a gen handicap, and they also need to be playing you know AJGA, and they need to be on the U.S. Junior rankings. And I say that specifically because. When I had to pick the top two boy and girl, 14 year olds in the, in the country to represent us in France, mm -hmm. that's the two lists I looked at. I didn't look at nothing else. So they may not have been and probably were not 
the best 14-year-old boy and girl, girls necessarily in the country, but because they were on those lists, those are, those are the people I picked. And that's how people are being found even by coaches. They're being found online um, as opposed to going to events and being scouted out. So you got to make sure that they're, they have a real handicap and that they're, they're on these lists so that people can find them. And as far as tournaments, you know, if they're not in tournament golf yet, put them in it. First of all, start off, you know, small, but of course, you know, once they, once they get that bug, the thing that my mom did the best and I, and I almost always be grateful for is after I beat up on the black kids in my black junior golf program for a year or two, she said, all right, I'm gonna put you in with the country club kids and play those tournaments. And then I got my butt kicked and it's that reality for me. And a lot of people are afraid to do that because they don't want their kid to get discouraged. But if you don't do that, they won't get the reality check they need to know if they need to work on their game a little bit harder and see what those kids are doing to keep their game up. Because I'll tell you right now, I was a kid who played 18 holes and went home and took a nap. <laughs> the kids who beat me, they stayed after beating me and practiced. Wow. And I made that clear to me very early on. It didn't make me feel good to hear that, but it was clear that they wanted it way more than I did. And so I recognized that I needed to do that if I wanted to be at their level. Awesome, Jamie. Thank you for sharing that too. All right, so I got Doc Blade back. What's up, Doc? Let's get you unmuted. All right, any other questions for Doc Blade, y'all? Any other questions for Doc? I got a, um, I got a response I want to talk about. Oh, go ahead, Doc. Yeah, one of the, um, um, I forgot who it was, but he just said something that was very, important that we don't talk about but he said you'll know with a girl you know pretty pretty fast you know if she's going to be able to play you know higher level golf versus with a boy and that's so true um i had a lesson today with a 10 year old girl and i told the parent your child is going to be able to play college golf without a doubt in my mind long as she keeps her interests up okay right. there wasn't a doubt in my mind that this, this that this girl was going to be able to play college golf because of the skill set and because of the competition with the girls out there um, was going to put her in there. Now I have some boys, you know, I got one of the top junior golfers um, right now. He's playing some serious golf, and I told him, I said, you you know, you playing some serious golf, but like Jamie just said, I said you have to get on these two lists right here, and you know, I, I but it, what she said is flat out correct you have to get on these lists because that's where they picking the players from okay so right. we can't we got to make sure that we're not deterring and staying away from these lists because like she said we they are looking at these lists and she admits and, and what she said is correct they may not be the test two the best two players that she picked out at 14 but they were the ones that was on the recognized list, okay? So make sure we get on these lists and we pick it up points and we play in these sanctioned tournaments, okay? Don't be afraid to get out there and play with a, a um, tougher competition. If you beating the same kids week in, week out, week in, week out, expand, expand your tournament schedule. It's going to make a difference. Expand your tournament schedule and go play some tougher kids, you know? it make a difference. Yeah. All right. Thank you, Doc. I appreciate that. So you all, uh, as we wrap up the podcast, uh, Doc, uh, give us your final thoughts um, on uh, being one of the top teachers in the country. Uh, give us your thoughts on junior golf. Uh, just kind of wrap up our podcast in a Doc Blade way tonight. All right. Well, 
um, the way I look at golf, I look at it a little bit different. When I got into golf, I studied it from an anatomical point of view. So I looked at what the golf, the body, how the body performs and how the implement performs, okay? With the golf club, it's made a certain way. So a lot of people don't realize. So it's a limited amount of ways that we can, we can swing that club, all right? So now what I did, I studied the body and see what's the most efficient way to get the club to swing correct with the body, all right? And then that's what I share with my kids. That's what I share with my adults, and it works. I get, like I said, it works from five-year-olds, four-year-old peewees up to super seniors, okay? The golf industry is in a prime position right now to take a big old bite out this apple. They're hungry. They're looking for us. They're looking for a new crop of players. Um, the awareness is on because of all the social injustices going on in the world. Mm -hmm. Well, don't look at this from a negative point of view. Make sure you look at this as an opportunity. There's opportunity for us out there. Network with people, okay? Um, I think Jamie, is. Uh, that may be the same Jamie that has the Black Golf Directory. Yeah, that's Jamie, yes. Okay, I thought that. Okay, great, then. Make sure you look on, on the Black Golf Directory and finding out who's in the industry and things like that, all right? It makes a huge difference right there. Network, network, and get out there and talk to people. Junior golf is amazing right now. Junior golf is amazing. There's some amazing players, but make sure that we get on, on, on board with them, okay? Harold Varner. He's from Gas House, Gastonia, okay? Mm -hmm. People don't know that Harold had a village. When they talk about it takes a village, Harold has a, he had a village to get him where he's at today. And we have to make sure we're doing that for all our juniors, okay? Make sure we had that village mentality and we support them, regardless if they in, like Gus Vital, if they in the East Coast or they down there in South Carolina with yeah. like Roy's son, okay? Or they may be out in the West Coast. Don't make a difference. Make sure they have a village to back them up, all right? As long as we lift each other up and we don't tear each other down, we got a big future for this next crop of um, golfers and junior. Golf academies, you know, one of the top golf academies and we got backing from the top backers in the United States and we great roll that out and we hitting it up with we hitting it running we hitting it running we doing African American um, brokers of Atlanta we got them booked you know what I'm saying we got the hospitality industry booked we wow. doing three seminars we doing two days of, of, of instruction with one day of golf we great break it out like Lee Haney daggone David Ledbetter so keep your eyes open. We're going to be doing it big in Atlanta, and we know this is going to be the mecca of golf. You know, a lot, I know a lot of people hate hearing that, but Atlanta is going to be the <clears throat> mecca of golf. Hey, Doc, you yeah, you you on to something? You know, because when you look at the BGA, you know, Atlanta has the most members of the BGA period. So you know, you you I think you on to something. I think y'all are doing a great job. You, Rich, and the rest of the crew down there in Atlanta, keep doing what you're doing, Doc. Appreciate you coming on the show tonight. And uh, let's give it up for Doc Blade, y'all. Give it up for Doc Blade. Appreciate you guys. Awesome, man. Thank you, Doc. All right. Signing off, guys. Thank y'all for being on the podcast tonight. Take care, brother. Thanks again, everyone. Thank you. Okay. Bye-bye.